Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The struggle itself toward the heights is enough to fill a man's heart. Albert Camus. Basically snow plowing and post holing for over 500 miles for, you know, 60 plus percent of it. Um, I know that for, for legend, that's no big deal, but uh, mere mortals like us, at least I, and oh, and Quadzilla too, um, I, I, uh, I, I find that pretty unfun. Um, just being in just waist deep snow and just taking this taking the skin off your shins all day and um, I just I remember I just I had this one moment of like pretty extreme emotional weakness and I was just like so hungry and tired and I it was like two days past Truckee and I knew I wouldn't see my wife for about another 50 or 60 days so I remember I just sat against a tree ate trail mix and cried I just had a pity party I'm Doc and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and Renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirtbags and hiker trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's guests. Throughout the first 200 plus episodes of this podcast, I have talked to some really amazing human beings who have been accomplished uh, in many different areas and they've done some incredible achievements. But I have to tell you, I am pretty darn excited to talk to this week's guests. The calendar year Triple Crown has been called the most prestigious accomplishment in long distance hiking. This feat in which a hiker hikes the entirety of the PCT, the AT and the CDT in a single calendar year was completed first by Flying Brian Robinson in 2001. 
Heather Anish Anderson became the first woman to complete the task in 2018. And this past year, 2022, we saw the largest class of completers of the calendar year Triple Crown. And guess what? They're all here today. That's right. This episode is devoted to the calendar year quartet. It is my honor to welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Kansas Express, Boomerang, Professor, and Quadzilla. How's it going, guys? Great. How are you doing? Good to be here. Hi. And as a special treat uh, for this episode, I've invited to be my my color commentator, my my colorful co-host, Jeff Legend Garmeyer. How's it going, Jeff? Good. And be careful what you wish for, but this will be exciting. <laughs> now, because we have so many folks uh, here on the podcast, it'd probably be a good idea for me to call on people by name before you respond, or if you if you jump in, identify yourself so that our, our listeners can keep track of, of who's talking. All right, so I introduced you by by trail names. Let's start out with, you know, what is your real name and how did you come by your trail name? How was that bestowed upon you? Let's start with uh, with Boomerang. Hi, I'm uh, Rene, and uh, my trail name is Boomerang, like you said. And um, I got it in 17 when I hiked the PCT before. Um, I crashed at a friend's place in Sisters, Oregon with a shin splints. I had to recover a bit for a couple of days. And she had some stuff going on, um, I think the fourth day or something after I slept there. And she dropped me out at St. Yams Pass. And um, I hiked south. So um, I ran after Mackenzie's Pass into a ranger who was shutting down the trail because of the wildfires. So I got off back to Mackenzie's Pass, took a ride back to Sisters, called her, hey, can I crash another night at your place? And she was like, hey, man. I throw you out in the morning and you just came back like a boomerang. So yeah, now I'm going with the name boomerang, I guess. Nice. Nice. All right. How about uh, Kansas express? Oh, so um, I guess it goes back to 2012 on my first uh, southbound through Ike, the Appalachian trail and Kansas express. It's, it's kind of interchangeable. It's Kansas express or Kansas train wreck kind of day dependent. Um, but uh, I got to New York and I hadn't, I hadn't, uh, didn't have a trail name yet. So uh, to make a long story short, I was off trail for 17 days and in a cardiac ICU in Danbury, Connecticut for five of them. I got uh, myopericarditis, so a life-threatening cardiac infection. And when I got back on trail, I don't recall the section hiker's name, um, but he he, uh, he's just like, man, like, he's like, you got, you got to Kent in 36 days. Um, didn't really have much backpacking experience before. I'm like, yeah, but I ran into kind of a host of problems. And he basically just said, um, well, you're like, you're like a little messed up little engine that could. And I'm like, okay, little engine. That's, that's great. I'll take that. He's like, but when you're when you're up moving about, you can, you you have the capacity to go fast. So he's kind of stuck with the train analogy. And since I was from Kansas, and I don't know, I think Kansas gets overlooked much of the time as it usually should. Um, he's like, well, your name is Kansas Express now. I'm like, okay, well, I'm a over a third of the way done with the AT, and I don't have one. So I guess I'll I guess I'll take that. Is Kansas really flatter than a pancake? <laughs> 
No, I think that probably, I think, I think Florida probably, okay. probably will take, will take that title. But not a lot of, it, it's pretty flat. I mean, it is pretty flat though. Okay. Yeah. Now Kansas, that, that story took a turn right in the middle, and it was fun watching everybody's face as you 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 ended up in the ICU. Everybody's eyes got really little wide there. That was a, a, a probably a scary experience. Yeah, I love though. So okay, <laughs> all right. And your real name? Uh, Charlie Jansen. Charlie Jansen. All right. Carl Stanfield, professor. How'd you come yeah. back, professor? Yeah, thanks, Doc. So yeah, Carl Stanfield is my name. Um. And I got professor my first through hike in 2018 um, on the AT going north. I had been with a group for like five days. We weren't that far into it. Um, but I, I'd been the logistics guy the whole time. And like I did a lot of planning before the trail. So like, I, you know, I kind of had the first hundred miles or so mapped out in my head and was talking with the guys I was with. of Like, oh, we can get uh, to this shelter this day if we do this many miles. And like, then we'll get to this place. We can go into this town and maybe take a zero. Uh, and I got ahead of my, uh, my friends and got to a shelter one day and they caught up and said, Hey, we figured out your trail name. Um, we were talking back here and said, uh, we're just trying to figure out what we're going to do the next few days. Um, and then Phil here said, Oh, don't worry about it. We won't have to talk about it. We'll just ask the professor when we see him. And then they caught up and told me, and then, and I was stoked. I've been on my best behavior for like the first weeks, not trying to like get a, a trail name that made me sound like I didn't know what I was doing. And then I got professor and I just clung onto that. I was stoked, stoked to be professor. The professor. This is almost like a Gilligan's Island setup right here with the, with the, the six of us. So yeah. we're, missing, we're missing ginger and Marianne. Yeah. Very dated hey. reference, but good one. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I get that age, a lot right? from, yeah, I get that reference a lot from just people in your age demographic doc. Yeah. <laughs> perfect we've got all the older listeners hooked now yeah <laughs> now jack jones quadzilla you are calling in this morning from a bomb cyclone in northern california yeah we actually watched a transformer explode last night so that was fun Jeez. just wow. out the window yeah oh. <laughs> Dang. yeah and uh outside there's this giant i think it's like a i don't know some kind of tree i so don't know what any trees are it's some sort of pine but it's really tall and it's like huge and it's been swaying all night so if i just go offline and uh yeah probably because the tree fell on me um while i'm off trail so now that's great you you spent an entire year out in the wilderness amongst the trees you have no idea which tree is which you've had a lot of time to study this no yeah i, sh I should probably know that and also it's like been raining more than any other time this year since I've been home. So that's been nice. <laughs> and how did you come by Quadzilla? Quadzilla, um, just on the AT, not a great story. Just people would like, like, oh, your legs are huge. That must be helpful for hiking. Like, not really. It's just extra weight. And then, uh, what was it? Ice Spring Shelter in the Smokies. I remember it was just a really gorgeous sunrise and somebody there said like you should be quadzilla and i i took it and just because yeah big legs um, that's it big legs that's 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 uh that's great now legend i, I yeah. love your story because it involves pizza 
Mm-hmm. You know, it, whenever pizza's involved in a, a trail name story, it's it's uh, top notch. Yeah, I was. It took a long time to get a trail name for me too. It was like mile three ninety or something of the PCT or somewhere around there, and uh, I was twenty years old trying to impress all the people that were older than me that really watched Gilligan's Island and stuff back in the day. Um, and we were in Wrightwood and we left and made the classic mistake. We didn't pack out any good town food to eat for the first dinner out on trail. And so I volunteered to hitchhike back into town and get us some pizzas and steaks and beer and have a good old time at, I think it's Grassy Valley Visitor Center or something. And that's what we did. And I got back with all the pizzas and they were surprised that it actually worked. And cause it was like dark outside and hitching is usually pretty rough at night. And, uh, they deemed it legendary and now I'm stuck with the name legend. Legendary. Can you guys hear this in the background? It, it is coming down like cats and dogs right now on my house. Oh, okay. Where, what city are you yeah. in? I'm in Santa Clarita. Okay. which is about 40 miles north of Los Angeles. Right next to the PCT, right? Yeah, yeah, about 25 minutes. I picked up uh, the professor, took him to dinner when he was finishing up. <laughs> oh. He's under your triple crown. Yeah, just a few weeks ago, huh? <laughs> yeah, not that long ago. That was great. Wow, you are, you're curating your guests early. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, uh, we have a couple of segments uh, on the podcast here. Um that we actually get a bonus today because we have we have four for the price of one, possibly five, if if my co-host wants to weigh in on these. And so um, usually we take a little bit of time on this. We're gonna have to take just a, a snapshot from each of you because there's there's so many of us. Uh, so the the first segment, the must bring gear review, is the must bring gear review sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company Six Moon Designs. And here's how it works: If you were let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi day hike. What is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And so we're going to take turns here and hear about what what do you have to have out there? What did you have to have out there on the calendar of Triple Crown? What is the most important piece of gear that you said, you know what, I need to take this? And we started with Boomerang last time. So let's go to Kansas Express this time. Well, I guess to start off unoriginally, when I was listening to the podcast up in Montana, I know that uh, legend uh said said uh like advil by bayer or something to that effect and that would be i think we could probably all uh all identify with that but um so yeah definitely anti-inflammatories especially in the last mm, 1500 miles probably um at a i had a brone i had a blown uh si joint in my lower back so things got pretty pretty painful at the end um but i would say just something generically mm, uh just a good pair of shoes i like how just casually you've mentioned the er room trip the blown (laughs) si joint and just like not a big deal it's it's pretty impressive i mean it's all it's not it's not a life ending. At least this one wasn't. So, man, you might low key have already won the toughest on the podcast award here. <laughs> now, Kansas, um, you said a, a, a shoe, lightweight shoe. Do you have a, a particular brand that you favor? Uh, 
I have really weird feet. My feet are like hands, which is a bizarre analogy. But uh, I would say the Ultra Olympus 4 or 5 uh, was kind of the go-to shoe this year. Although I did switch back and forth between Ultras and the Hoka Speed Goats, uh, which I realize are two completely different shoes. But um, yeah, I would say probably probably the Ultra Olympus. Uh, on other through hikes, I've used Solomon, Scott's, uh, Adidas, Saucony's, uh, Brooks. So uh, this year, the Ultra Olympus, four and five was kind of ended up being the go-to. I think you just named every shoe out there and you're keeping your sponsorship opportunities open. So that, that's, uh, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my plan. Yeah. That was my plan. Very good. <laughs> Professor, how about you? What's your must bring piece of gear out there? Yeah, I'm going to say, um, a stove. I cooked all year for the most part. I mean, sometimes I'd like pack a sandwich or something out of town, but I had a stove all year and I had, it's called a gas one which is like a slightly more Americanized version of the, the BRS 3000 T, which is this little like $20 Amazon stove. Um, it's the exact same stove, but it's painted to look like a pocket rocket. So it's like red and silver, um, but it weighs less than an ounce. So like it wasn't much weight and mine held up the whole year. I paid 20 bucks for this thing and it lasted the whole time. Um, but I, 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 they're like, even in the summer when it was hot, I always liked having a hot meal at the end of the day. Okay. I like it complete agreement on the stove because so many people skip out but even just a cup of coffee is pretty nice yeah we're not doing the hiking pool today but uh, just by a show of hands how many of you are cold soakers <laughs> oh, oh, oh boomerang boomerang's a cold soaker yeah. ouch yeah in the, in the cold segments i i also carry the stove but um through most of the year i, I was cold soaking there's a there's a certain level of uh, insanity that comes with cold soaking. That's uh, that is like extra tough. It's nice. it's okay when the temperatures are decent, I would say, but when it's get down to around thirty degrees or something, then it's just rough and miserable. So yeah, wouldn't recommend. Okay. <laughs> okay and we hiked together a little bit around that. I was I was with him right before he got his stove, and then he picked it up in uh, northern Colorado, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, just when entering uh, Colorado, I guess. Also, when I got my, my warmer sleeping bag, so yeah, just be more prepared for cold weather. Okay, now before we get to Quadzilla, Professor, you bring up an important uh topic that I was thinking about. It's almost, I feel bad asking it, but now that you've broached it, I can ask it because it's like asking a person who lives in Germany, if he knows my friend who lives in another part of Germany. I mean, Germany is a, a big country, just like the, the calendar year triple crown. There's a lot of miles involved with the calendar year triple crown. So my question was going to be, have, did any of you run into each other out there? And obviously there was a, a connection between Boomerang and, and Professor. Anybody else? I didn't um, see I any of them. Kansas Express. Oh, Boomerang so, yeah. and Kansas Express too? Yeah. Yeah, I, I ran I ran into a boomerang in Wyoming coming out of the winds getting into the Great Basin. And then I I hiked uh with Carl for a day out of Du Bois, Wyoming, and then we kind of leapfrogged because I thought he was ahead of me um that the day after entering uh Bridger Teton, the Bridger Teton wilderness. So that was a 
it was just a few days before I ran into, I ran into boomerang actually, but we, we had, we had talked professor and I were on a zoom call with Stanford boys on kind of like a Q and a session with buzz and Woody uh, last December, last December is right before you hit the art lobe trail is kind of like your shakedown hike, right? Yeah. 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 So, uh, and then I didn't meet him. I didn't meet him until right outside of Du Bois, Wyoming. And then, uh, my, my wife came in and met, met me and we had stayed in town that night and we went up and picked up, uh, we went up and picked, picked, uh, picked professor up on, uh, and drove him back and we had dinner together and got back to trail the next day together. Yeah. Yeah. That was sweet. And then, uh, there was a group chat of like five of us, um, Quadzilla and Kansas Express and I on social media that have been going on since like February. So we'd been in touch for the most part. Um, and then I heard about boomerang cause my, my buddy grease pig had hiked with him. And then I hiked most of the AT with grease pig. So I've been hearing about boomerang, but he's, you know, he's not on social media. So we, uh, ran into each other when I, when I got to the Northern part of the CDT, we saw each other in town in East glacier for just a minute. And then coming through, like going through the Bob, it was like, I was calling it the, um, the county or triple crown parade. So we'd see the Nobo hikers and they'd say, Oh, we just ran into boomerang and Kansas express. And there are a couple other guys out there too. There were like six of us. They were all within a day or two of each other. And we, you know, we were the last Southbound coming in in like mid August. Um, but we, so we were all really close to each other for a long time. And then I got onto the PCT, um, at uh, Kennedy Meadows South in June. And I was like a day apart from Quadzilla. Um, and we just, that was enough. We like, we never ran into each other. Yeah, the guy with the yeah, man, if you get the lead on you, he uh he, you're not gonna catch him. Yeah. Well, I was no, I was behind it. I never got him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, I managed to not see any of these guys throughout the whole year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Nut they were Jack. probably because well, it, what it was is they were smarter and they were ahead of the bad weather or or you know, not as far north with the bad weather. So um, yeah, maybe my route wasn't as smart, but I'll, I'll answer your must bring question too. Yes. It's uh, a fanny pack um, so I can keep all my snacks because that might be something you wouldn't think to bring on a backpacking trip, but fanny pack is vital. Snack access. Very, very important. All right. Hey, Boomerang, what about you? Um, I thought about it and I got a couple of minutes now to think about it. So um, I think I would go with the gray Thermarest uh, sleeping pad, the Neo Air X Thermo, how it is called. Um, I slept, I think, about 400 days in total on, on one pad. No no puncture, no hole, no nothing. So it's still going strong. And I think um, I can get away with a lighter quilt when I uh, take the, the thick the thick sleeping pad. So, yeah, I love it. So it's reliable, I guess. Well, mm -hmm. at least I think it is. So yeah, it's a it's a good piece of gear, I think. Okay. Legend, you wanna amend your anti inflammatory response <laughs> from a previous episode or yeah, I really like uh these over mitts. They're basically just Dyneema mittens that are like really lightweight. Um, or they can be like sil nylon, but they're waterproof, weigh basically nothing, and they're carry them on like day hikes, trail runs, 
backpacking trips and they're just good for keeping your hands warm if it starts raining or snowing or whatever it's just like a big old like an oven mitt but it's uh just made out of like waterproof material it's pretty pretty good when you're in a pinch just to save your hands a little bit and stay a little warmer to be honest, I didn't think I was going to hear that today. I had no no expectation when I woke up this morning that I we would be talking about waterproof oven mitts on the trail. Yeah, no, you got to think outside the box. I've yeah. thought of almost everything. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> you left the box. You left the box a long time ago, Jeff. Yeah, I know. I can't even see it anymore. But yeah, I had a a few years ago talk to a company about making some of them and they're like these will never sell and it's probably true, but I think they're just like the greatest piece of gear ever because they're so lightweight they look kind of dumb but um for they have no insulation but since they're waterproof they just keep in so much warmth that i've had just those down to like four degrees and my hands stay warm enough to function so <clears throat> big proponent but no one thinks that no one will ever buy them because they look dumb like oven mitts now, I think I neglected in your intro, Jeff, to, to mention that you are also a calendar year triple crowner. You you did that in what year? Uh, way back in 2016. Wow. Yeah, you you are old enough to get the Gilligan's Island reference. So it's, uh, <laughs> I guess so. I think I just started early. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I think a, a question that, that many of our listeners might have is why? What, what what is the inspiration what is the drive behind trying to do all three in in the same calendar year and was this your i mean i i imagine that each of you had long trail experience uh prior to taking on the calendar year triple crown is that is that accurate yeah see nodding heads thumbs up and so uh, um who, who started off the last question was that kansas express no uh, i believe so Okay, Professor, why why would you want to do the calendar triple crown? Yeah, so I um <clears throat> I'd kind of had it in my head for a while before I got into through hiking. I I did the AT in twenty eighteen, and I had been listening to backpacking podcasts for a little while. Um, I had actually I'd heard a few interviews with this guy named Legend on Backpacker Radio, who had just done I guess like a year and a half ago at that point the calendar triple crown. And I didn't know that was a thing. And then, so that got kind of in the back of my head a little bit when I, I started through hiking and thought about it. And then, you know, like after 2020 and everything, it felt like, well, the sooner the better to do something big. Um, and so I spent all of 2021 planning and just like saving up. I knew I was going to be spending a year on trail. Um, but I also knew that like, I wanted to do this and like, it was a short list and it felt to me like the biggest reason that more people hadn't done it was just access and having time to do it. And I had time to do it. So I thought like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I can be like within the first 20 people to ever do this thing. I've got time. And I, I, I think I've got like the mental endurance to be out there. Uh, and then also it just sounded great to live on trail for a year. Like no matter what else happened, I had like contingency plans of like slowing down and doing something different, but the plan was to be on trail for a year. Um, and doing the calendar triple crown sounded great. I'd already done the AT and the PCT. And so I'd finish up my normal triple crown by doing the other two again, which I was stoked to do. Um, and it did not disappoint. It is awesome. Fantastic. Quadzilla, what, uh, what, what, uh, got into your head to, to do this? Um, I come up with a different answer every time I answer it. So I think the truth is 
a lot of these big plans, it comes from somewhere really deep. And then, so the true answer is something in the subconscious and then our conscious mind like makes up a good sounding reason. But I think truly, we truly don't know, but I'll try and answer. Um, I think it's, for me, it's kind of like a final exam. My life trajectory I had like from growing up um, and into my 20s, like it was just a lot of like so much struggling. And then like finding out, you know, figuring out I hopped on the 18, 2016, I was like, okay, maybe I'm starting to figure something out. And then I started doing these meditation retreats and then just like, you know, reading all these different books. And like a lot of times it feels like I'm spinning my wheels, not getting anywhere. But the last couple of years, I was like, okay, I think I'm starting to figure out this life thing. Um, and I think I'm starting to like, I feel like I'm more competent and confident and can do a lot more bigger things. And then, but it, it, there's still that piece of you that like, questions and wonders and like, am, am I just fooling myself? Am I making things up? And the calendar, your triple crown, you know, cause I still needed to finish the PCT to get my triple crown. And at that point hiking, you know, I, I say like just in quotes, like hiking one trail was really tough, but it, at that point I didn't, I wasn't wondering whether I could finish the PCT. I, you know, if I didn't get injured or something weird happened, I knew I would finish it. And it was, like, well, let's do this bigger thing. And it was really this, like, I don't know if I can do it, but like, if I can do a calendar year triple crown, then, then that will require this amount of discipline and um, like mental toughness and these, all these traits that I, I think was really what I was after through uh, why I got into through hiking in the first place. And it was like, you know, it's not a place to develop those traits is where if you, you have to have those traits to be able to finish, or at least that was how I thought of it in my mind. So it was this little like, do I, am I as tough or, or whatever as I think I am? And let's just, let's go out here and give it a test and, and see what happens. Final exam. I love that. Um, I think a lot of folks out there on the long trails are, are looking for that limit of their endurance. And uh, that's it's, it's kind of what sounds like with with how you explain it there. You you've done all this prep, and now you're wondering, am I able to do this? And uh, yeah, yeah. And I had felt um, on other trails like I didn't feel like I had absolutely pushed my limits. When I get tired, you know, you take a couple of days off, and when it's raining outside, you don't you don't go out, or at least I didn't. I think other people do more, but yeah, I felt like I was like, well, that was a fun adventure, but like I kind of really phoned it in there at the end and uh yeah it was just more of a uh, one of a, a more test now have, have you found your limit yet boomerang i'm sorry boomerang quadzilla yeah i think i found it pretty early on just going through the ice and the snow in uh, like new hampshire and maine i remember like because it was it was 200 over 200 miles where i averaged less than one mile per hour and I remember that, like, between Mount Wolf and whatever the next mountain was, it was, like, nobody had been through there all winter. And I didn't have snowshoes at the time. So I was, like, it was way steep. I was just, like, trying to crawl through. And, um, and it was so cold at night. And, you know, like, you're trying to not slip off the mountain with the ice spikes. And you're just grabbing onto trees is the only reason, uh, you know, I didn't fall off the mountain there. And, like, that was enough for me to show me, like, okay, this is – really really tough and and i can be out here and after that i, I kind of felt like okay i got i got what i came out here for and the rest of the summer was like well i'm 
I better do this because I said I was going to do this. Uh, but I, I had already, the, the HE in the winter answered my question, like, what am I made of? Right. Now, you you, re you referenced that you struggled for, there's a lot of struggle in your life for the first uh, 20 or so years. And you have a very interesting backstory that if you're not familiar with, if, if you're listening to this and you're not familiar with with uh, Quadzilla's backstory, I, I encourage you to take a listen to his his previous episode on the podcast. It is a fascinating story. So, Boomerang, why in the world would you do this? Um, I don't know. Um, I came to the states, um, uh, yeah, in first of March, and the original plan was to to hike the AT northbound pretty pretty standard and then um, if i have some some more time and still enjoy hiking i would go to the west coast and hike some parts of the pct again and yeah just enjoying it um but then i think like 400 miles in on the at and i made pretty solid time i would say um a guy told me hey if you move on like that um, mount katahdin will be closed when you get there because it's still winter i was like but there are people in front of me, like the, this Godzilla guy, which I haven't heard before. So I was like, what are they doing? And then he was like, hey, they're switching the trail and um, they're going for the Triple Crown. And I was just, I mean, I heard of the, the Kalendia Triple Crown and everything, but it was, I don't know, just too big to really think about that. And, um, but then I thought, hey, he's doing it and maybe I can... I can figure out a plan and so i hiked a bit more and planned out uh, a bit uh, the game plan for the next coming month and i had some time um got some some research going on where i need to uh, extend my visa and everything so yeah and then uh, instead of going to the pct or hike the at in 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 its whole length uh, i Got off trail in um, in Rotland and switched to the CDT and hiked the desert part. And so it all continues. And yeah, so it was more like an idea which grew on the trail. And yeah, because I I, I had no idea that I was would be capable of uh, hiking it. So yeah. yeah, Jeff, Jeff, I'm a little blown away by that. I don't know if you are, but what I just heard was he he set out to to hike the AT. And he decided on the trail, while he was on the trail, he was going to do the calendar year triple crown, and he successfully completed that. I mean, that's that's just wild, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's it's very much like the hikers not wanting a trail to end, and so just not ending it. <laughs> it's like every you guys probably met a bunch of people out there dreading going back to the real world, and then just putting it off for months more is <laughs> the style. Then maybe it'll catch on. Just keep Boomerang, had you hiked a trail before Boomerang? Um, I just hiked the PCT in 17. So that would be my only long trail in the States. Yeah. So I was, at least I was um, uh, sure that I was able to to hike one of the other trails and the AT. I mean, the northern section of the AT is for sure the toughest in my opinion. <laughs> but in, in the beginning it was, I came through it pretty good i would say so like hmm, we'll see how it works out in the end do you guys agree that uh northern at was the toughest because i think i would agree with that especially when you guys have to go through that's probably least ideal conditions because you gotta pick some place to 
go through in the ice and snow. But did you guys all have pretty rough adventures up there? Yeah, it was tough for sure. I, I had the advantage. <laughs> I was like exactly two weeks behind Quadzilla, which is like within a day or two of when he was posting videos. So the day or two before I'd get to a spot, I would see like, oh, this is what it was like two weeks ago. So it's at least not going to be that bad, especially getting up to um, uh, like Musalaki and seeing mm -hmm. like, oh, he had to do this flip thing, which is crazy. Hopefully it won't be that bad. And then it wasn't as bad when I went through, but it's still and even if it wasn't as snowy and icy, I think it might still have been the hardest, but that certainly didn't help. <laughs> yeah. And then Quadzilla, I think it's pretty assured you had a pretty rough time up there. <laughs> yeah no it's is it i'm trying to think it was that worse than like southern colorado in the snow but i think so because it was just steeper like mm -hmm. steeper and icier and i'm sure that was because i was listening to your book as i was going through and i was like well if legend legend can do this with like one microspike and <laughs> you know screwing yeah. screws into his shoes then i can i can probably survive this but, but that's the other interesting thing like because, you know, like reading your book, listening to it, like I was dreading northern, um, <laughs> just the north. And like, this is going to be just the worst. And it was pretty terrible, but it's not as, I don't know if it was that your experience. Like, it's not as bad when you go through it as you imagine. Like, it's still, it's all still doable. It's not, it's not an impossible thing. Yeah, I think it's kind of like Kansas Express describing all the issues and stuff where, to him, it doesn't feel as bad, but if I describe or any of you describe the Northeast, it sounds atrocious and no one would go there. But in the moment and when you're out there, it's like, yeah, it's really hard, but it's not, I don't know, it's not as scary or hard as in the moment. Looking back, it's a little crazier, I think, but I mean, you just That's true. have and it like, in front of you, so you keep going. <laughs> right. And like all of your stories and like my videos, I'm only doing that like we're only telling the worst stories and we're only posting like the worst video like you know it's it's not that bad for the entire way either you only get the worst bits <laughs> true guys i don't know if you heard the same thing i did i heard i heard quadzilla say that if uh, if jeff garmeyer did this then of course i can do it and then and then i heard professor say that well you know quadzilla is a couple weeks ahead of me so i mean if he's doing it i can do it it's it's all about uh, the efficacy there yeah, so you're welcome, guys, paving the way. <laughs> now, before we, before we go to break, Kansas Express, why why would you do this? Why would you spend a, a, a almost a complete year out there hiking thousands of miles? What is the, what is the total on that? It's uh, 70, 7,800 7, miles. I'll give it. Uh, yeah, just because there's 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 variation yeah. in the the miles on the Continental Divide Trail, mine ended up being seven thousand five hundred forty six point eight. Um, just because there's so many like variant routes. Um, but you can all have 8,000. I'll give it all 8,000 to you guys. The town stops, everyone gets 8,000. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, you know, I always feel like this is a pretty multifaceted prompt. And I think a lot of us have, have listed, uh, numerous reasons of pertaining to the why as to why we undertook this uh adventure but um like is like what the other fellow said uh to try to test your physiological and psychological limit and i definitely feel like most 
or some of the days I definitely reach that point. But when, and it's, it's easy to say this like in retrospect, but I feel like overall the testing, the physiological and psychological limits still remains elusive, which I guess just, just like, uh, leans to one thing that maybe it just didn't go hard enough. I don't know. Um, but, uh, also, uh, hiking for me has been a really good way to like process grief and trauma. Um, I lost my brother three years ago and I was going to do this in 2020, but everybody knows what happened in that spring. So I kind of like push it off and I'm a high school teacher and cross country and track coach by trade. So, uh, it, just the timing didn't work out. And so, uh, once, once I kind of made that hard line decision, um, that I was going to take off in, uh, midwinter of 2022, that was kind of, it was kind of a done deal. So it was kind of like metabolizing and just like processing that grief because I hadn't really done that yet. Um, I feel like through hiking is typically like a, typically like a, like a young person's game, like a young single person's game. And on my first through hike, I was definitely in that boat. And, but I can, I can say pretty resolutely now that I was much more psychologically equipped now being married to, now being married to a really strong partner and how being married, uh, doesn't make you like softer or weaker. It definitely makes you tougher. And she definitely, um, uh, helped kind of, it helped elicit that as, as the year went by, like she went back to travel nursing for this. I quit my job for this. And so like quitting was never an option that never crossed my mind either, but we, I just kind of realized, you know, also how, how much we had at stake for me to go chase this dream of mine. Um, and being a high school teacher and cross country and track coach, I wanted to just show the kids I teach or that I've taught across three different districts in Kansas and Colorado that really anything is possible in a pretty like tumultuous time. So uh, hope is like always just such a strong driver, such a strong motivator um, for me or to help, or I guess to promote that, I guess that semblance or the idea of hope. Um, I also did it for uh, um, just to make this like, less less selfish i i i raise money for the national wildlife federation as well uh which promotes american which promotes american conservation i wanted to see all these beautiful areas i had done the at before but um i and i've always wanted to do the the pct and the cdt but i didn't really <laughs> i wanted to just cram it in and so if i was going to do i was for sure set originally my plan was to, was to just do the pct and cdt in a year and i'm like well, let's just go over the trifecta. Let's just let's just let's just do the AT over again. I'm like I'm I feel like I'm fairly familiar with it now. And then um just just bring home just believing that I could do it before I started. I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, a walk in the woods. I knew that it was not going to be a it was not going to be smooth sailing. But I knew going into it though that I had the capacity to do it. I just needed to you know, kind of internally put my money where my mouth was and just do it so wow really sorry to hear about your brother um 
That's 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 so tough. And I know a lot of people out there on the trail are are working on things like that. They're they're dealing with with issues, life issues, and there really is a uh, healing and transformative power to the to the trail on those on those long long hikes. So I I hope that that was that was uh, productive for you and and helpful. Um, it always is. Um, yeah, you brought you, up a good point. You, you, that go ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, and just and just like the. The hiking community is so awesome. Yeah. Everybody's like just so positive and optimistic. And not only do you like experience the best in nature, but you experience the best in humanity as well. And I, after every hike, no matter if it's, you know, like a, you know, a 10 day stint on the Washtenaw Trail or, you know, you know, over 200 and, you know, just short of 286 days, uh, it's the same. I come back always like just super refreshed and just, ready to rock and roll again right. in society. Yep. Now, Jeff, he, he, I think you brought up a good point is that he had a, a great support system at home. Um, you, you think that's important to be able to accomplish something like this, to have uh, people pulling for you and supporting you along the way? Um, yeah, I think you either need fans or haters to fuel you to the finish. So one or the other. But um, yeah, I think the support system is really key because uh, it's – a lot of big stuff happens out there and big emotions and everything and having someone to either share them with or push you forward or even take your mind off what you're doing, I think is pretty, pretty clutch, especially even talking to other hikers and hearing about their stories, I think is uh, at least when I was out there it was pretty refreshing to, cause you spend so many hours in your own head to get to like, just ask someone else about their hike is kind of a breath of fresh air. So, okay. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our great sponsors. And when we come back, I want to talk to each of you about your approach uh, to the calendar triple crown. How did you, how did you attack it? And also kind of uh, some of the fine details like start date, end date, how long did it take you? And of course, we're always looking for some good type two fun. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young.
This episode is sponsored by Jolly Gear. Are you tired of compromising between the ventilation of a button-down and the full protection of a sun hoodie? With the Triple Crown button-down, you can have the best of both. Plus, their fun standout patterns will have you the talk of the trail. Visit them at jollygear.com. Thru-hiker owned. Jolly Gear. Where fun meets functional. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money. All in one place, for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We are talking to Boomerang, Kansas Express, Professor, and Quadzilla uh, about their calendar, their successful calendar year Triple Crown in 2022. And joining us, of course, is uh, Jeff Legend Garmeyer, who who did the feat back in the dark ages of what, 2016, you said? Yeah. Yep. 2016. Yes. Yeah. So I, I know that there are different ways to approach the calendar year Triple Crown. Um, in fact, in doing my research for this episode, I know that the first person to complete the calendar year triple crown without flipping was Matt Squeaky Hayes. Uh, I think just from following each of your journeys, I don't think I think each of you had had some flipping going on. You didn't you didn't do each path continuous uh, from from start to end and then go to the next one. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I'm seeing nodding heads. So. Um, I think Quadzilla, I think it's your turn. What was what was your your start date and your end date? And tell us how you approached the calendar year triple crown. Uh start date, Springer, February 16th, so the southern terminus of the Appalachian Trail. Appalachian, people keep correcting me on that. Um, and then end date was December 2nd at the monument in New Mexico, the southern terminus of the Continental Divide. And my approach, so I started off, my goal or my plan originally was to do like a thousand miles on the AT. I was just going to see how far I get. In my mind, the AT was going to be a lot more colder and a lot more snowy um, than it ended up being. I don't know if I got luckier with, uh, I think did get pretty lucky down south. Like there was only one bad, one snow, big snowstorm. And that was just in around Parisburg, Virginia for one day, uh, like a, blizzard and it got pretty cold that night but then other than that didn't hit much snow at all down south um and i felt really good uh, i just felt i think i'd hit harper's ferry uh, 40 days in and like i was i was pushing really hard in the beginning on the at um hiking till 11 i've stopped between 11 a.m and 1 a.m most nights and i was still motivated enough to wake up relatively early like 6 37 at that time so pretty long days and just going and i yeah i just felt strong and good so i was like well this would be kind of cool to finish you know go all the way as far north as i 
as I can go. Um, so just push through the, the snow and the ice. Um, yeah, I knew it was Vermont. Yeah, as I got into Vermont, there was a snowstorm. And then I was pushing that night. It was like midnight when I got to the shelter. He's like, well, this is a snowstorm. I'm going to get to the shelter so I can stay sheltered. And like, right, this is what, middle of April, Vermont. Of course, the shelter is full of people who have set up their tents. <laughs> like the one, you know, the one day that there's people in a shelter, of course, is during the snowstorm. So I had to like set up my tent outside and it collapsed several times in the snow and ended up there was over, I don't know, probably close to two feet of snow. And then there was another snowstorm going to New Hampshire. And yeah, it just seemed like just kept hitting all the snow and then ended up getting up to Katahdin. Um, it was like a week before they opened. And so that was the unknown because they don't announce when they're going to open Katahdin. They just open it. And um, I didn't know. I think I might have stuck around if I knew it would open in a week because it ended up being a real pain in the butt to fly back to Katahdin uh, from before. But because I had been, you know, posting a lot of stuff on social and I, I just thought it would be better to not like um, go through because Katahdin also has kind of a contentious um, relationship with through hikers too. I know when uh, there were a couple FKT people that had brought alcohol and people, you know, Katahdin didn't like that. So, you know, with me posting everything, I figured set like a good example and, and I'll just bite the bullet and come back um, for that. But yeah, I was kind of pushed as far north as I could. And then I went and did the sort of the PCT, uh, I think it was May 25th or 26th northbound from the Southern Terminus. And um, yeah, super hot in the desert there. Uh, ended up having to just night hike um, a lot in the Mojave, like from, what was it, 5 p.m. to 10 a.m.? That was the schedule. And Were then, any other hikers out there in the southern desert for the PCT that late in the year? Curious yeah, there was, okay. there was a decent amount. Um, <laughs> we had a good, that was my most fun time because I had a, we had a crew of a bunch of other hikers and we went through like the aqueducts together, all painted up. And um, yeah, all those night hikes were with other people. And that was, that was some of the most fun, fun times out there. Um, there was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely other people out. And then, yeah, and then, then did the CDT southbound. Um, and the goal was to try to beat the snow. Didn't quite beat the snow in Colorado. And then at that point, it was kind of a relief. It was like this thing you've been dreading finally happened. And, uh, and it was able to push push through and take some alternates to get around some of the worst, worst um, spots there. And... Yeah, ended at the second. So I will finish here. Where did uh where did Katahdin fit back in to go back and tag that guy? Oh yeah, I went there from Helena. So I had friends okay. that I had made from the first time. So it was yeah, Helena to Boston, and my friend drove me all night. We ran <laughs> out of gas. <laughs> yeah, we uh, hit yeah. He dropped me off at like Abel Bridge at like eight a.m. I climbed it, went back down, he picked me up, and then we drove all night again and got back down to Boston at like 2 a.m. for a 8 a.m. flight. <laughs> it was pretty wow. stupid. I, Just... If it was any other terminus, I don't think I would have done that. I, but Katahdin so iconic. <laughs> so, so Jack, am I, am I to understand then that you did, I mean, basically you did uh, do the calendar triple crown without flipping. You did uh, the AT? South to north, 
you did the PCT south to north, and then you did the CDT north to south. Yeah, yeah. So in my mind, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of permits, and the Baxter wasn't open yet for uh, for whatever. Yeah. Okay. Boomerang, how about you? What was your what was your approach? How are you going to sequence the trails? We know you started out on the on the AT, and you when you made the decision that you're going to do the the calendar year. Um, what was your start yeah. date, your end date of the of the whole thing, and and what was your your sequence? Um, I started March second on uh, Springer Mountain, and I finished. I think we talked about it earlier um, off the off the record. So I think well, I'm quite certain that it's the ninth of November in Rotland, Vermont. So I I flipped a bunch. Um, I tried to yeah walk the AT as far off as I, I could get. And then I saw some pictures of Godzilla's snow party. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really interested in that stuff. Um, I tried to make it to um, Hanover, uh, New Hampshire, and get off to a flight to Boston there, but just made it to Rotland. And uh, yeah, I got a flight from Boston to El Paso, went for the CDT desert, hiked it to Grants, New Mexico from the southern terminal, uh, terminus. Um, figured out my PCT permit situation because, yeah, it was basically everything um, kind of get on the flight. Um, I got a flip-flop permit, so I went uh, north from uh, the South Lake Tahoe area uh, to the Canadian border. Came back to South Lake Tahoe, went for the Mexican border because in between, I, the original plan was to go to the Canadian border and then switch to the, uh, to the CDT, hike it to Grants and then figure out everything else. But since I'm from Europe, I had to extend my visa. So I got an appointment for that in California. So I was like, okay, then it's that's the freaking desert. And yeah, I hiked from uh, South Lake Tahoe to the Mexican border. Between that, I uh, had a good buddy um, pick me up um, from the trail, brought me to the to the office. I did my my fingerprint stuff and all that kind of yeah mess. And um, then I finished that, got to the CDT uh, Northern Terminus, um, went to Grants, New Mexico. And then got to Katahdin, basically. Um, I, when I arrived at, at Katahdin to go south from there, um, the same day uh, Baxter State closed. So the trails around, yeah, to summit, to summit Katahdin was closed. So I'm, I'm missing five miles and something, um, which is kind of a bummer, but also a good reason to come back. Um, so, yeah, and then I walked south uh, to Rutland, Vermont, and finished there. Okay. <clears throat> now, you, you started in March. You decided on the AT that you are going to do the calendar year, and you finished in early November. Anybody else find that just amazing? Yeah. Yeah, just, it blew. Yeah. It totally blew my mind out there. That, that's, he, that wasn't a plan. It just happened. And then I think he did it the fastest out of all of us, too. <laughs> Yeah. Boomerang, what was your what was your average daily mileage? Um, I think I mean it's um basically seven and a half thousand miles divided by two hundred fifty or something. So around thirty, 30 uh, I think mm-hmm. just shy on that. So yeah, it was wow. 
It's quite a ride, though. I mean, I think you all would agree that it's quite fun as well. <laughs> yeah, it's fun, I think, or else everyone should have quit if they didn't have fun out there. I don't know. I saw some of Quadzilla's films. I, I'm not sure it was it was fun all the time. Well, it's got to be bad part. sometimes to make it fun sometimes. You got to get the variability. <laughs> yeah, and I think probably for people that like this stuff, it's the really shitty missions that are the most fun sometimes. They're the most, maybe not fun is the right word, but like the most rewarding. Like if they were all just, you know, the basin, I think I would have certainly quit if it was just all like dirt roads and nothing, nothing rough. Uh, that was yeah i would have quit i was thinking through the basement like if it was all like this i would have quit thousands of miles ago so i have a question for boomerang was there a question of being able to get your visa extended was your hike almost cut short because you hadn't planned to be here th that long or <laughs> um i i haven't um uh, researched about the uh the process before so it was all kind of like and you i mean you find something on the on the internet but it was kind of like a pain in the neck so i was filling in uh, snowpalmy my formula and send it to them then got my appointment and everything so it was more um and i they didn't uh, respond to it so if they don't respond i can stay in the country but it was okay. always kind of like okay what happens when i get to the next airport to fly to missoula if i'm going to missoula or am i going to frankfurt so <laughs> that was kind of like it was it was quite a pain in the neck um but yeah it, it worked out so so were you actually nervous like going to the airport because you thought they would tell you you had to leave the country Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Especially on the on the first flight when my um, originally uh, visa was extended at that point, I was like, okay, fingers crossed. Here we go. <laughs> wow, I like that. That's pretty wild. Surprise, surprise! Yeah. We're going to Frankfurt. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Kansas. How about you? What what uh, was your start date, your end date, and what was your your sequence of of uh, footpath? So I started at 7.32 a.m. on February 3rd, 2022. Uh, it was my 34th birthday. And then I finished on November 15th, 2022 at 10.28 a.m. at the Crazy Cook Terminus of the CDT. So if we in want addition, to get really... In addition to your, your uh, feet looking like hands and your ICU experience and uh, blowing out a joint, you are very precise. I mean, it's, it, you know, 0.8 miles. You got to get the 0.8 on there. And you, we've, we're down to the minute of your start time and your finish time. I think it's yeah, I'm a, a runner. Bit, it's a runner it, thing. Yeah, I'm a little <laughs> bit savant like that. Uh, yeah, just being just being like, uh, I don't know, like a like a high school and like college cross country and track athlete. I just, I don't know. I, I pay attention to the minute details, which is just, just personal preference, I guess. But uh, yeah, so... In total, it was 285 days, 20 hours, 56 minutes. Um, I want to get precise again. Yeah. Uh, but I, I started at Southern Terminus of the ATS Springer Mountain. Um, I went 71 days north and got to Kinsman Notch, New Hampshire, I believe uh, somewhere between 15 and 18 days ahead of Quadzilla. 
and it was a pretty and then i think carl was you did 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 professor say he was like two two weeks behind quadzilla so i was about a yeah around a month ahead of him um but he also started in key west so we'll give him a break um but uh yeah so i got there the snow was pretty the snow was at that point is pretty impassable that was may 14th or sorry april 14th and um i got i i attempted mount wolf um so on my on my 72nd day I tried to go up uh, Mount Wolf and South Kinsman, and it was just super, super hairy and super pretty, pretty dangerous at that point, even with spikes. So I actually backtracked down to the road, um, got a hitch to Plymouth, New Hampshire, got a rented a car in Plymouth, New Hampshire, got on a plane in Boston, flew back to Kansas City that same day. So I was hiking on the AT at 1 p.m. And at midnight, I was back home at my mom's apartment in Kansas City. Um, I switched out gear. That was the, the uh, I guess that was the, so I guess, I guess the 15th, I, att- I attempted a hike, went back. The 16th, I was at my mom's apartment switching out gear for the desert. The 17th, that was Easter Sunday. I flew from Kansas City to San Diego and I started at, 3.58 p.m. at the border wall, Southern Terminus, the PCT, went 56 days to Dunsmuir, California. Um, friend picked me up that lived in Cottonwood, California, got a flight, um, got a flight for, uh, from Reading to San Francisco, red eye from San Francisco to Boston, got an Uber from Boston up to Kinsman Notch, 17 days and change um, on the AT to finish June 29th. Transit day back on the 30th, started back at Dunsmuir on July 1st, went uh, about a week, contracted COVID, had a quarantine in Ashland, Oregon with some friends or in Medford, Oregon with some friends. And then as soon as the quarantine period was done, the five days, I was actually the best man and my best friend's wedding. It was a traditional Indian wedding in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So that was a full seven days off trail um, from COVID and wedding. Got back at about 4.30 p.m. Uh, just uh, somewhere between Ashland and Fish Lake, Oregon. Um, and then when uh, then I finished the PCT at, at the border and then did the victory lap back to Hearts Pass. So I finished on August 12th, victory lap on the 13th. Um, got back to Mazama. My wife was flying to Spokane. I had some time to burn, so I tried to hitch as far east as possible. So I went from Mazama, Mazama to Omak, Washington, which is on the Colville Native Reservation. Um, the day of the of the uh, Omak Stampede, which is like the biggest Native American festival in like the Pacific Northwest and Washington's the biggest like state fair and rodeo in Washington state. So everybody was going in and nobody was going out. So that's as far as I could hitch. I was trying to at least hitch to Grand Coulee Dam and then got picked up by my wife, went back to Spokane and then took two, two off days and then started at the chief mountain terminus on August 16th. And just like Quadzilla said, just try to, just try to hammer South and try to, Try to be winter, um, and I arrived at the Chief Mountain Terminus on November 15th. 
Wow, Jeff, you know what you know what my takeaway from that is? Is that he 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 went through all the details, dates, yeah. times, uh, duration, all kinds of all kinds of information. He did not once look at a piece of paper or at a, at a you know, know a reference material. That all came out of his head. I I don't know about you. I have trouble remembering what I had for dinner last night. So I I when you talk about savant, uh, Kansas. I mean, I have trouble with that. I mean, I have trouble with that too. Like I I, I like. My savant-like capacities are only for like useless details, so I'm reminded of that frequently. But I, I also completely understand that. I, I mean, I just, I just hear that, and I'm thinking like I can barely remember the date of things, and you're going down to the minute of like every single interaction, and I'm very impressed because, man, it is lucky if I even get the month right of things. <laughs> but yeah, do you think uh, did that? Did you change gear a lot and plan ahead with this attention to detail like thing or? No, not really, actually. Um, so I did switch gear. I had the, I guess really the only time I really switched gear or I guess I switched gear twice, really going to the PCT mm-hmm. and then getting ready for winter. So I got my winter gear again on the CDT in, oh, uh, Lander, Lander, yeah. Wyoming is when I got my winter gear again. Or Rollins, Rollins is when I got it. We're going to fact check this, so don't worry if you're getting yeah. it wrong, but people will know. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> was right around the time that. I saw it. Um, I linked up with Professor for a couple of days. Okay. Yeah, that's when yeah. I switched out. Because actually the, the one day that was, I know that I hiked with Professor on, on the, uh, on the 17th on September 17th, because um, I remember that was the, that was the second day in a row that it snowed. Wow. Yeah. A, I, a true, I was doing that day. A true trail savant right there. Thank you, Kansas. Yeah. Now, professor, you had a little bit uh, different approach. You had a different strategy to your, to your trip this year. When, what was your, your start date, your end date and, and how did you sequence things? Yeah. So <clears throat> I had initially set out last year um, to hike 11,000 miles was my plan. Uh, I was going for the mileage record of the most miles ever backpacked in a calendar year. I changed up goals a couple times. Um, the goal or the, the record that I knew of, the only thing I could find was set by um, Swami Camhonen. It was 10,244, but I wanted to do... 11,000 miles because that would have meant that I would have averaged 30 miles a day for the year. And I turned 30 at the very end of last year. So it would have been 30 miles a day for my 30th year of life. So I thought that sounded pretty cool. Um, changed that up a couple times, ended up not making the mileage goal, but still doing the calendar year triple crown. So not a bad pivot. Um, so I started on January 1st, 7, 10 AM. I remember the time it was, it was sunrise on the first of last year. Um, and then I finished December 18th at two ten PM. I remember that cause it was like two weeks ago. Um, and it was, so it was 351 days and 10 hours to the minute. So that, that was convenient. Um, and so I, yeah, just a combination of like reading about calendar or triple crowns. And then also I was really interested in the Eastern continental trail. Um, some stuff from Jupiter about seeing how he did that. And uh, just dreaming up of like, all right, well, calendar triple crown guys start a lot around like the first of March in 
um, <clears throat> on the AT. I think I could get there from Key West in two months um, in about that much time. And then I'd have like a running start going into the calendar Triple Crown. Uh, so that's what I did. So it's about 1,700 miles to go from Key West to Springer, um, going through the Keys and then the Florida Trail and um, Alabama Roadwalk, the Pinhoti Trail. And then I, the traditional route goes up and finishes the Pinhoti and comes across on the Benton Mackay Trail. But I, I just um, <clears throat> I took a roadwalk straight across so that instead of getting on Springer Mountain, my route took me to Amicalola Falls. And I so I could like register my AT hike and stay at the shelter behind the visitor center there. So I got there on the 1st, and then I started the AT on March 2nd, which I found out in like September, October, talking with Boomerang. That was the same day that he started. But we he was like a few hours ahead of me and then just took off, and I never saw him on AT. But, you know, I hiked with someone that hiked with him early on. Um, so <clears throat> did that. I was on the AT, and I was very consistently – like Quadzilla and I were about the same pace. I was like pretty much two weeks behind just about the whole time. Um, which was super convenient for YouTube beta. I would just get on YouTube and then Quadzilla stuff would be right at the top. And so I'd see like, oh, this didn't look too bad two weeks ago. Should be great today. Uh, and it was. So I, I felt like I had a great weather window. Quadzilla said the snow wasn't as bad as he thought. So it was way not as bad as I thought. Um, the first, I didn't see a cloud in the sky and it was 70 degrees my first four days in Georgia. Uh, in March, it was awesome. Um, I saw like a, a, like an inch or two of snow a handful of times before I got to New Hampshire. That was about it. Um, and then the the day, so like the around the same spot that um, Kansas Express got off, I had a weird injury. I went from there's I can't remember the name of the hostel, but there's one right before you go up going north to up to Musilaki. Um, and then I went from there to the next road crossing. It's like 21 or 22 miles. And that ended up being my longest time day on trail just because of the ice and everything. So I left at like 6 a.m. and then got to the road and met a buddy at like 1 a.m. So it took me like 19 hours to do like 21 miles or something like that. Um, with like good chunks of like fairly fast miles on either ends of it. Um, anyway, so I, I got there and um, I had like a weird injury thing. I had what I thought was like maybe a hernia um, when I was with my friend and went to go to a doctor. It was not. It was a fluid buildup, and they suggested I take time off. And that was the the Friday morning of trail days. So I uh, I bought a ticket and went down and got to go to trail days, uh, which was super fun. So I took like five days off and got to go have the AT party. Um, and then finished up, I went on to – Katahdin and then just road walking it was only another like 80 miles to get to the border so that I could uh, go border to border on the first leg and so I did that and then the northern AT just like really beat me up and I had pretty serious um uh what is it uh Achilles tendonitis that had started up when I'd gotten to like Damascus um in like the middle of March so for like two months I was dealing with that so I decided like uh, it was maybe worth taking 10 days off to try to see if I could heal that up a little bit. Cause the only thing I'd heard that was good for that was taking time off. So I think uh, going from the, the like flat 30 mile days straight into the mountains is what kind of messed my body up there a little bit. So I took 10 days off and then I had a permit to start the PCT on May 22nd. Um, but I decided to start at Kennedy Meadows South. So on June 18th, which ended up lining up with my permit. You're not really supposed to do that, but it meant that 
it like I could have gotten there in that much time by the time I got like to where I was in the Sierras. So that was good enough when I was there. It's not the ideal thing to do, but it, it was good enough to get my permit to go through the Sierras. Cause they do, that's the only place I've ever had it checked was there and it was, it was good enough to pass. Um, so then I did that, like the Northern 1900 miles of the PCT in like 60 days and then swapped over and got on the CDT and started going South there and then I was still, I felt like I was still in a position to get the mileage record, um, but I needed to finish up and get through as quick as I could. So I ended up road walking basically the whole state of Colorado to save time so that I still can connect in my, my footsteps, um, but avoided the mountains and the snow and stuff that was coming in that uh, the other guys were dealing with. I just took the easy route to get through there um, and bopped through. And then by the time I did that, I really like messed up my feet pretty good by doing all the road walking and doing like. 40 plus mile days on the road. Um, so then I was trying to go back and cl- and finish up a section that had been closed by fires in Oregon. So I, I skipped a hundred miles up there um, from the lion's head fire closure. Uh, I was going to walk through it when I went through initially, but right when I got there, it was blowing up with comments about how there were all these people that were getting fined by um, the, the like there were Rangers that were there waiting to find people for going through. Cause it was technically closed and I, I didn't feel good about it. So it was, it was a, a good thing to not go through there anyways. Um, but I went back and tried to do it and ended up getting walled by snow. I had a friend that was on a tight schedule that was going to pick me up and drive me down to Kennedy Meadows. So I had to meet her at a certain time. Um, and the snow was just too, too slow. So I ended up hiking in 50 miles of the hundred hiking back out 30 to a road. Um, so I still had, a little bit left there, but around that same time, I realized like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this mileage record thing. I think I'm going to settle for finishing up the triple crown. <clears throat> um, and so that was what I ended up doing and then went down to Kennedy Meadows, um, hiked like 50 miles to Ridgecrest and then took 10 days off. Cause I was like, I was so beat up from going through and finishing up on the road and messing my feet up. So it took 10 days off in Ridgecrest and then slowed my pace way down and just tried to enjoy the rest of the PCT going South to get to um, uh, the monuments and ended up catching the very last of the bubble of through hikers. So I had some friends to finish with, which was really nice. Um, so yeah, I got there on December 18th and then my mileage count was um, 8,451.7. Okay. And I know that uh, probably one of the highlights for you on the calendar triple crown was uh, a, a bit of dinner in uh, Acton. I would all say, yeah, the high point. It all restaurant. really culminated there. That's right. Man, who'd you go to dinner with? Anyone famous? Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this real snazzy podcast host came out, drove all the way up to take me out. <laughs> Man, those podcast hosts are just reeling in the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a bougie life. Yeah, I put it on the I put it on the expense account for the John Freaking Muir pod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> won't even make a dent. You won't even notice it on there. <laughs> nice. Now, um, hey, before we get to our closing segments, um, let's go around and talk about uh, I don't know, a high point, a low point, an unexpected moment, uh, anything you want to share from from your trip that we haven't previously talked about. And I think we uh we started with Quadzilla last time, so let's go back up to Boomerang. Okay. Um, uh, I th- think about it. I would say my my high point was um, when I actually started believing that I could do it. So that was like the moment where I was like, okay, maybe I can can actually do it. I mean, if I keep up the pace, it, 
it will work out. So just keep the body healthy and move on. Uh, which kind of brings me to the next low point or the, the actual low point of it. Um, it was one week before I finished in Rutland. Um, my hip got messed up a bit and I was in a in a hotel or something. I don't know where, but right before the, the White Mountains, I guess. And I slept, tried to make it to breakfast and I was limping like crazy. And I had like pain in my hip. It was horrible. And I was like, what the hell is this? I mean, I'm, I made it that far. And yeah, and then I think vitamin I got it, got it moving again. And yeah, what was the thought? Um, oh, it's okay. You didn't have to do all three. You, you could, okay. you could okay. pick and choose yeah. from that. So that's, that's good. That's great. Let's keep it with a, with a high and low point. Yeah. Okay. Kansas Express, how about you? Oh, one of the high points uh would be probably making it to new hampshire but then pivoting to the desert and the pct so when i started at easter sunday on april 17th it, you know it was just so so cold lonely and dreary um i only ran into one one northbound through hiker on the at uh from hampton tennessee to kinsman notch new hampshire so it was just exceptionally isolating um which is fine i do okay in isolation but it was just the weather was just it was just like pretty it was just pretty rainy and dreary and after this um uh this uh atlantic cyclone that came came through winter storm mandy and when i was in shenandoah national park when it got down to negative one like ambient temperature i was just like i was so i was like man i'm like not even quite halfway through this isn't super fun um, but you know, this thing isn't going to hike itself, so better keep going, but pivoting and meeting people from all over the world in the desert on much more mild grades, easy hiking. I can take an hour long lunch break, hang out with people, like basically talk with everybody that I met. The weather's great. Afternoons are warm. Nights are mild and still, you know, be able to get like 30, 35, eat pretty easily every day with very minimal wear and tan. Your body was great. Um, another high point was seeing my wife at Kearsarge Pass. Uh, the day that I did Forrester, I miscalculated food going out of Kennedy Meadow South. And so the first um, 18 miles that day was done on 270 calories. And I was just really, really in the red zone, like calorically. And my wife had actually drove to independence basically drove up to uh, whatever that trailhead's name is and then muled in over kearsarge pass like seven and a half miles one way um a bunch of snacks and then i hiked out with her well we stayed in we stayed in lone pine that night and then she dropped me off the next day uh ready to go all the way to mammoth lakes so um that would have been a really 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 terrible additional seven and a half miles to get up and over kearsarge pass and with an un with a non-guaranteed ride down to independence or lone pine so that was like kind of like a like ultimate savior moment that was that was pretty amazing and then seeing my my mom mother-in-law and my wife at the crazy cook monument when i finished was uh was a pretty emotional time so that that was that was really awesome too um low point um, you know, getting, getting the, um, getting the beta from, um, other through hikes and probably overlooking, uh, um, 
or putting too much stock in far out comments, uh, seeing that like, oh, once you get um, once you get to Sierra City, the snow's done. And I remember this like two days after Sierra City, I ran into just a wall of snow on these high angle traverses and entering the Sierra or being Kennedy Meadows on May 11th and then just basically snow plowing and post holing for over 500 miles for, you know, 60 plus percent of it. Um, I know that for, for legend, that's no big deal, but, uh, mere mortals like us, at least I, and, oh, and Quadzilla too. Um, I, I, uh, I, I find that pretty unfun, um, just being in just waist deep snow and just taking this, taking the skin off your shins all day. And, um, I just, I remember I just, I had this one moment of like pretty extreme emotional weakness and I was just like so hungry and tired. And I it was like two days past Truckee and I knew I wouldn't see my wife for about another 50 or 60 days. So I remember I just sat against a tree, ate trail mix and cried. I just had a pity party for like 20 minutes. And then um, ultimately I just told myself to quit being a bitch and I just got back up and just I resumed this triangle traverse and uh, I, I took a pretty, pretty long fall actually uh, where I slid uh, probably more than 40 feet. Um, and it was pretty high consequence cause it was just a talus field at the bottom. Um, so I managed to self arrest, got back on the trail and then I just hiked very angrily. I remember for about the next 30 hours. Um, and those ended up being like pretty good mileage days. Uh, Anger is can be a good motivator at times. So that was that was probably the that was probably a low point. Um also dealing with the cold and and snow in northern New Mexico too, like out of Chama going going south was pretty pretty unfun as well. Your yeah. stories are incredible because they start one way and then they just hit a drastic left turn and it's it's great. I love them. You just yeah. never know where the story is gonna go. Yeah, a couple follow-up comments. Nothing like uh, uh, rage hiking to really increase your mileage. That's that's a good strategy. And Kansas, I don't have to tell you this because you already know, but if you've got a woman who's going to mule in seven and a half yeah. pounds of food to you, she's a keeper. So, uh, yeah, awesome. she's a baller like that. That's yeah, she's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty nice. Um, so fortunately, I didn't have to put I didn't I didn't have to put her through too too many technical things like that but originally she had sent a box to independence for me to hitch off to but where she had sent it to was permanently closed and actually there was an arson fire like two days before that had been started between that road that connects like lone pine to independence and up to that up to that road that dead ends at that trailhead at the basic kearsarge so when she found out that that road was closed, that potentially she couldn't even get to the parking lot. That was a big, that was a big, like, like, Oh crap moment. Um, so she, she was a travel nurse in Bakersfield, California. So she ended up just driving up and, and, and making it up. So that was, she was definitely kind of the saving grace of kind of the beginning of the Sierra. And I definitely made sure to not miscalculate calories again, really for the rest of the year, my pack was pretty heavy at time because I just made sure to overeat then, you know, save a few ounces and or pounds and undereat. Nice. <clears throat> All right. Professor, how about you? High point or a low point or an unexpe unexpected moment? 
Yeah, I'll start with like a low point kind of moment. I don't know what was the lowest, but I had a pretty low one in like the first month going through Florida. Um, <clears throat> I was walking on the trail there, and the trail there is like a lot of roads, back roads sometimes. So I was on a back road, and it was after dark. Um, and I, I was walking back, and there it was like it was MLK weekend, and there were a lot of hunters that were out after dark. So I'm just on these back roads, just by myself, and and like past couple guys walking by, like with guns on their shoulders, and just like. Hey, how's it going? Just a hiker here. And like, didn't say anything. And I kept walking. And then after another like mile or so, I got, there were like a couple trucks pulled over and there were a lot of folks with guns hanging out. And then again, same thing, like, Hey, just a hiker. And again, they didn't say anything. Um, didn't feel awesome to be out there. Just like wandering around in the dark by myself with, with these guys out for a hunt. Um, I was covered in orange stuff. So I felt okay in that regard, but I, I don't know. So I kept going and then looked at my, um, my phone and at my map on far out and I had missed where the trail turned back. Um, they like cut off the trail and I didn't really want to go walk back to see everybody. And so I just like tried to cut through the brush that was there and it, it got, it was really thick really quickly. Um, and I, I kept like fighting through it for a while and then eventually got to where it was, it felt impossible to keep moving forward. And I checked my phone to go back, but it didn't show the road I had been on. So I was just a dot that was out there and I could see where the trail was, but I couldn't see where anything else was. So I, I couldn't go back. So I, I had to like lay down an army crawl and push my pack through to get through this stuff. Um, and after like 15 minutes of that, which is both not a long time and also forever to be in a position where like you can't like stand up or look around or anything. I finally got back to the trail and like, yeah was cut up and and felt fine and like just made a resolution to keep an eye on the map on these back roads in florida especially after dark when the hunters are out um so got got that knocked out of the way and then i don't think there was too much you know i mean i don't know it's it's weird how there it doesn't feel like there was that much that was all that hard when you're that removed from it but there definitely was um so anyway so that's a low point high point I just like in general, I had such a great social experience on trail. Um, just with like seeing people on trail, I hit, I hit trails at like popular enough times that I got a little bit of hiker culture, like March 2nd. I mean, there were like 70 people at shelters at night. Um, the first few days I was on the AT and then got, to, and then like at Harper's Ferry, there are all the flip flop floppers that were out. And then on the PCT, I was with the bubble going north. So I, I was around people a lot, both on trail and then um, meeting up with a lot of people off trail was just as good. So had a super social experience, um, but specifically just like emotionally, the highlight was getting to um, Amicalola Falls and getting to be registered as an AT hiker again, having a tag on my pack. Um, I'd made it through Florida and through the flats. I was excited to be in the mountains. I've been in them a little bit already coming through the Pinhoti Trail, which was great. Um, but it just felt good to be on that trail and just like the energy of being there again, where all of my hiking stuff had started. Um, that was great. I was like tearing up going up the stairs. It just felt really good to be back there again. Fantastic. Quadzilla, your turn. A high point, um, point okay. or a uh, unexpected moment. Yeah. I'll give you an unexpected moment was uh, starting a relationship on the VCT. <laughs> so we, uh, Marvel was hiking. She was in the Sierras and at Chicken Spring Lake, and I was in the desert. And we'd been talking for a while, and then we made it official over the inReach. 
um, <laughs> while she was in the Sierras. Best and, sentence uh, ever. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and then she like did like a bunch of eight mile days or something like that and zeros, and then got off in Lone Pine and came and visited me while I was in Wrightwood. So you know, very. I was not expecting that's what i told her she was like i didn't expect anything to happen with this because i was going off on a year-long hiking trip and like you were going off to hike the pct so um yeah unexpected but good that's why i'm out here in california now and which like i thought california was supposed to be sunny and nice it's just been <laughs> cold and rainy this whole time i've been out here uh, it's but, a huge state there's everything yeah. um highlights other highlights would be probably with all the people hike with really good people through the desert on the PCG when it was super hot. And yeah, we did like the aqueduct. We did, it was four nights where we did over 40 each night and like only at night. And then you tried to nap during the day. So by the end of that, we were all just super delirious and um, it felt really surreal. And we ended that or in the middle of that was, hiker town too so which is a really weird place by itself but then you get there and you're like delirious without sleep and you're trying to hang out there during the day just a surreal surreal weird time but that was really enjoyable and then i hiked with uh, walkie talkie through the southern colorado um, actually yeah the highest high point on the trail for me was we came up san juan pass which is 12,600 foot pass and it had snowed um it snowed like twice before so there was probably two to four feet of fresh powder on the ground and then it took us it was at least four hours of just slowly grinding up that pass and we got to the top and like the wind was like howling and it was blowing snow everywhere and it was probably you know wind chill in the negatives and but that felt so good that felt better than any of the other terminuses just because of how hard it was and how um you know because that's such is so built up in the mind of like you got to get through colorado before the snow hits and like now the snow is hit and now we're at a pass at 12 600 feet and we're like and we did it you know we we're alive we're up here and um and then it's quickly turned into a low light because we you know we had we had planned to be in camp over the pass going down towards creed by 6 p.m and it's like 11 o'clock and we still haven't made it over the crest of that ridge to drop down into creed and so a lot of those traverses through there are just on the side of the mountain and you know like it's bad enough in the daytime but now it's dark and it's still snowing and you're just like walking through snow on the side of the mountain trying to figure out um you know where the trail you just can't see and so you like you have to stop and check the map every hundred feet and uh and i was really glad to have somebody at, there because i i like i could feel within like the sense of like panic rising like oh crap like if you if we get lost here you know you're um, it's high consequences but having that other person just assures you like well you know there's somebody else here i'm not alone and we finally did go up and over and uh and that was that was nice, but that's that's what sticks with me is all the the rough moments, um, the the easier stuff. My yeah, the most boring parts of the trail were like the CDT where the weather was fine and 
Yeah. Nothing was going on <laughs> in Montana and Wyoming. Uh, that was yeah, that was kind of rough, just mentally. It just it wasn't. You didn't have. You weren't close to the end yet, and uh, and it just wasn't much going on. So weirdly, it's the
and whatnot. But I think that we're just going to keep it because my wife and I plan on doing a lot more traveling and venturing and backpacking. So we'll just all hang on to that. So you can follow us there as well. Nice. And then your local news too, right? You're popping off on the the radio interviews, TV interviews. Yeah. So in in in, in the mount in the mountains in Colorado, um, there it's the same owner for four different small newspapers. So like the Post Independent, the Summit Daily, the Vale Daily, um, and the Aspen Times. Um, it's the same owner. So uh, it's basically the same 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 regurgitated article um but yeah and just being a kansas city native too um there was uh npr kansas city and uh just the small local papers but it's been fun nice. nice and you're gonna you're gonna be my pick when doc hosts the uh, through hiker jeopardy so be in the- <laughs> oh is that a thing oh I, he's gonna make it one i think <laughs> cool well you just let me know I want totally a friend right there. He's your lifeline. That's awesome. Professor, how about you? How can, how can people keep, keep track of you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much just on Instagram right now. It's um, at prof underscore Carl, P-R-O-F-C-A-R-L. Okay. Quadzilla? Uh, Instagram is at Quadzilla Hikes. And then I put all my hike up on YouTube. So there's like 65. I still need to finish it, but it's almost done. So every section of the hike should be up on youtube you just search calendar your triple crown quadzilla should pop up 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 there all right and boomerang any any social Um, media i i mean i made a made an instagram account to keep up uh, with all the other guys and keep in touch but it's at boomerang.hikes and uh, maybe i will post some upcoming adventures so we'll see i'm i'm not sure about that yet so yeah are you still a blue egg Excuse me. Are you still a blue egg? You don't. There's no picture or anything on your Instagram in terms of your, oh, no, your, no, no. your profile. Yes. Just a, <laughs> got it. I mean, right. you, you, would you put that face somewhere? So it's kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jeff, how can people keep up with uh, your antics? Uh, I think just the free outside on Instagram or freeoutside.com will have everything else. Um, yeah. There's always a lot going. So there's that stuff. You can find most of the stuff. Okay. Well, remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamir at gmail.com. Guys, I want to congratulate you on your incredible accomplishment. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Honored. I'm honored to be in the presence of so much hiking royalty, so much, uh, so many trail savants, uh, as, as we said earlier. Uh, all at once. I want to wish you the best on your your future endeavors. And before we finish up, any shout outs to people out there who are instrumental in helping you out this year? Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Professor on this one. Yeah. I mean, just like all my family, I feel like I encountered like just about everyone that's ever held any significance in my life this last year. Like so many people reached out. It was great. The trail angels were awesome. Um, my friends in Florida, uh, Natalie, that became a big trail angel on the AT, um, my friend, Phil, uh, I don't know. There's, I'd probably even start, should not list names. There's too many, but everybody that was involved in any way. Thank you so much. Nice. Jack. Uh, oof. um, Hyperlite was awesome. Uh, this year they helped shift a bunch of like food boxes and, you know, just gear and everything else. And, you know, the other 
other gear uh, sponsors along the trip. Uh, Marvel, you know, shipped, she shipped me so much food, uh, met me at weird places along the trail. And then, yeah, man, the desert crew was awesome. Heaps. That was her third time hiking the PCT. And we still make fun of her for that. No other trail, just the PCT. Uh, you know, Pyro and Big Toe, uh, Retune is out there. I'm forgetting people. And then, yeah, hiked with Walkie Talkie there towards the end. And uh, uh, trying to think, oh, Catabatic, their quilts are awesome. They uh, kept me so okay. warm. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Renee, how about you? Um. Yeah. For sure, friends, family, everyone who, who supports me on the way. And actually, during the hike, my trail crew from the PCT, who I hiked with uh, for two months, it would be Blackcap, uh, Bully and Yoni from Belgium. Oh, Bully and Hitch. She actually got a trail name like, just before the finish. So, yeah, the big shout-outs to them, for sure. All right. And Kansas Express. Uh, my amazing wife, my mom in-laws uh the uh the jansen weimer peterson clan on my mom's side the gillespie and czar family on my wife's side um everybody was really instrumental in making this thing work work as seamlessly as as it could be um yeah close family close friends friends met on the trail um i didn't hike with a lot of people uh throughout the year um for extended period for extended periods of time, but big shout out to, um, when I had a, a little bit of a low point in Northern California before, before Tahoe, or I guess the Sierra, uh, stretch, stretch, crunchy and fast lane. Those three were really awesome. And then, uh, meeting the other C meeting some of the other CYTC guys. I hiked with a guy named tank top who attempted a CYTC. Um, it was really cool to hike with him for about 500 kind of leapfrog with him for about 500 miles on the CDT through uh, Montana and Idaho. And um, yeah, just all the trail angels, hostel owners, um, just super kind people along the way. It takes a village. Uh, so it was really great. Definitely didn't get here on my own. Yeah. And was stretch, was that Chris Hurlbut? No, no, no. This is, okay. Um, yeah, no, another stretch. Got it. Got it. All right. Yeah, and name Shelling. Jeff, thank you so much for co-hosting and congratulations on your, your documentary on the Colorado Trail FKT. I can't wait to see it. It needs to get into the LA area soon, please. Yeah, it's a pretty crowded market, but maybe, you know, LA is tough. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks. And yeah, you no, know, I'd like to thank the John Freakin' Mirror Pod because uh, they've uh, strong-armed me onto this thing, I think, four times this year or last year. I think all, all told now, I think this is your fifth appearance. So you, again, <laughs> yeah, you set so. the record. I talked to Ginger Balls last night, interviewed him for a, an episode, uh, and he had tied the record with you. It was a short, short-lived tie because now nice. you're at five. He also uh, asked me, Legend, to talk to you. He is currently, he's found himself up in Alaska doing some dog mushing for the last year and a half. His <laughs> life has taken a turn and he is living his best life right now up with uh, 110 dogs and, and five five handlers up there doing all kinds of just wild stuff. And they're looking for for new people to take on that adventure. So he asked if I'd, <laughs> I'd ask you. So I, I let him know I would. This is dangerous. Well, yeah, yeah I got to watch. I can't come on here too often or I'll end up in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, thanks uh, for coming on, you guys. You guys are incredibly impressive and your stories are uh, 
pretty awesome. I'm just going to be blown away forever by Kansas Express's attention to detail here. <laughs> thanks. Right. Well, thanks for being an inspiration to all of us. And uh, congrats on your, on your uh, FKT on the John Muir Trail as well. Thanks. Yeah. That's nuts. Correct. Kansas, are you not tired? You said you came off the trail refreshed. I just wanted to know, everybody else, are you guys as tired as I oh, am? Oh, no. Mentally refreshed. I mean, I was like, <laughs> I, Still. I, I mean, my, my feet were pretty pulverized. I think like everybody else's. Um, but I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting pretty antsy. I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to start getting back into running. That's my, that's my main trade. So it's about I'm time. I'm so exhausted from three days pushing August and refreshed, ready to get roaring. Man, impressive. But yeah, we'll just, see. I'm we'll see. Exhausted. I mean, I haven't started running yet. I haven't started running yet. So maybe, maybe that will be uh, immediately regrettable here the next week or so. I'm just exhausted listening to you guys. This is has made me very tired. I need to take a nap. So uh, hey, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you spent the entire day wading through snow and removing some shin skin during your calendar year triple crown hike. The trail is the trail. Embrace the sock. Miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.